Sweet Sweet Garbage is a podcast in which two women, Jenna Redding and Bailey Von Schneider, take a look back at some of their favorite garbage films and television. Knowing them as we do, we have to ask the question, why do they find themselves enamored with this trash? Not only that, why do we ourselves root for the problematic woman? We love a good crazy stalker, male or female. Why is Bailey okay with the idea of Penn Badgley stalking her? Why does Jenna want to single white female every person she meets? Can they be feminists and still enjoy these indulgences? Let's find out. All right, guys, welcome back to episode 20 of Sweet Sweet Garbage. This week, we'll be diving into the films Flowers in the Attic, both the 1987 version and the 2014 Lifetime version. Also, this week, we have on Izzy Kay from the band Jane Doe as our guest. Um, hi, I'm Izzy Kay, um, film fanatic and a musician. And she is the one who actually created our theme song. So you can find Jane Doe music on Spotify and iTunes, and also you can find them on Instagram and Facebook. So yeah, welcome Izzy. Yeah, thank you for uh, letting me do it. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot to unpack with these uh, these movies. <laughs> um, Bailey, do you want to go into a little bit of a synopsis for them? After the sudden death of their father, four children face cruel treatment from their ruthless grandmother. So it's pretty much, you know, he suddenly dies in a car accident and their mother reveals to them, oh yeah, by the way, I'm worth millions of dollars. I just have to make my father love me again. So we're going to go back to where I grew up. But it turns out that I don't know in the first one if they explained this that well, but they definitely do in the second one that the father has no idea that she has children. So they're like, well, we have to hide you in the attic until, you know, he can love me again and he dies and I can inherit all his money. I just forget if like the first one had that. I don't know if anybody noticed or not. Yeah, it did have it. Have it. it wasn't uh, it wasn't quite as aggressive as the Lifetime version. Basically, I think like the first time I'd ever heard of this, um, I actually knew about the book way before I knew about like either one of the movies because this is like one of those movies or this is one of those books that I just kind of uh, I grew up with. And um, yeah, I know it's like it was a really weird thing to like that I was just, like, really into when I was younger. And I, like, had to hide the book from my parents because my parents would have freaked out if they had known that I had, uh, that I, like, knew about these. (laughs) The thing is, like, even with both adaptations, I guess you would say that, um, I guess you would say that the 2014 version is more faithful to the book in, like, some regards, but I feel like both movies really do not they don't really get the vibe of these uh of these uh of these books because this is actually a um it wasn't just one book it wasn't just flowers in the attic it ended up being this like long saga it was like seven books that um that were made uh that vc andrews like did so it was like (laughs) of all the books you would think to like have a whole um 
you know, <laughs> like an entire series devoted to. I don't know that this is the one I would expect to have happen. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I would say that both films don't really capture how weird these books are. And I mean, in the 2014 one, you do get a little bit more of like a faithful retelling of the novels, which I guess, you know, um, you know, well, we'll get into it. This is a bit of a spoiler, but you know, like the whole, um, the incest part and, um, with the brother and sister and, you know, you really get to see a little bit more of that in the 2014 version, but it, it, it still feels, it's still just not as wild and out there as the books are. <laughs> Well, one of the more interesting things about the 1987 version is that um, Wes Craven was originally going to write and direct it. That would be an awesome movie. Yeah. They'd go, like, like just get, like, a true, like, somebody who could just adapt the shit out of it and just have it be, like, really true to the book. And and I, I gotta say, I would have loved that I would have loved to have seen that take on it because apparently he wrote a screenplay and I think he was like trying to get that one made but I guess it was too incesty for the times so like the studios were like um no we can't make this movie <laughs> sorry Wes we're gonna have to you know put a stop to that and um, he eventually, you know, backed out of it. And, you know, I got to say, like, even though there are, I have some problems with the 1980s version, like, I have a little bit of a soft spot for it because it is it is kind of, like, weird and spooky and, like, there's just, like, this, like, you know, like, kind of campy horror, uh, you know, like, the, the super campy horror movie tropes of the 80s. Like... I love haunted house stuff. I love crazy grandmas. So like, even though it's like nowhere near what it could be because it, you know, they they sanitized it. Like there were some like fun aspects to the 80s version, I would say. If you're going to cut out everything but the grandma shit, then uh, maybe Wes Craven isn't your guy. Right. Well, in the 80s version, they really don't... They... They hint at the incest a little bit, but, like, it's never really... I feel like it's not really ever super, super addressed. Like, yeah, like, the grandma gets, like, super crazy when she sees them, like, you know, like, sees them acting what she thinks is, like, too close. But, like, you never really understand why that is. Like, it is kind of just like this weird thing like you just think it's like oh the grandma's super religious and like super just like bonkers you know what I mean so it's like <laughs> where is that coming from yeah absolutely yeah oh my god and like the best part though it's it's almost as if like incest is just like a hereditary thing it's like oh 
you know, my mom and my dad were related and now I'm sleeping with my brother. And I was just like, wow, how are these kids not messed up? Yeah, instead of like a hereditary disease that comes from your family having like years and years of people in Germany or whatever, just their first version of the hereditary disease is the is the need to have incest relations. Like that's their... Yeah, that's why I was like, how are these kids like quote unquote perfect just considering that's a pretty strong bloodline? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you just, you just are attracted to your siblings. And, like, like I felt that as if, like, the whole incest thing with, like, um, you know, you have Christopher and you have uh, Kathy in the attic. And, like, a part of me is, like, she's craving attention. He's craving attention. They're both coming into their bodies. That would have, like, kind of made, like, oh, I'm trying to, like, explore and you're the only other person there. Like, still not cool. But the fact is that they were, like, we are so in love with each other. That it was, like, there was more than just, like, this weird physical attraction. They were, like, deeply in love with each other. And I was, like, whoa. The mom is a straight-up savage in the books. And, like, they hint at it a little bit in the 2014 uh, movie a little bit more with, like, the mom's character but you know there's this part in the movie or in the book where or in the second book where you know it's been like 10 or 15 years or no wait hold on I'm getting I'm mixing up the second book and the second movie sorry um no because in the second book it's actually done like right um it's it's basically like a very quick continuation from the first book in the second movie that they made for Lifetime, they, like, um, made it 10 years later just because they didn't want to have to deal with, like, Kathy, you know, Kathy is, like, a 13-year-old after being in the attic, like, seducing these older men. I feel like they probably just didn't want to deal with that. Um, but, yeah, so in the book, though, she's, like, you know, 13 or 14 in the second book, and she's, like you know, trying to seduce this older man so she can, like, get all this power to, like, try to, like, get her, um, get revenge on her mom. <laughs> um, but in the book, the, um, the younger sister, the one who also survived, um, basically she sees her mom in the middle of the street and, like, runs up to her and is, like, trying to talk to her. And, like, the, the mom just, like, straight up, it, like, rejects her. It's just, like, I don't know who you are. You need to get away from me. You're crazy. Like, I think she says something like, you know, I don't know who your mother is, but I bet she, like, something, I think she says something along the lines of, like, she never loved you or whatever. Like, something fucked up like that. And, um, basically, spoiler alert, if you're ever planning on reading the second book or watching the second movie, but, um... She, like, the younger sister ends up killing herself because of that terrible, terrible moment. And again, then, like, Kathy then doubles down on wanting to um, get revenge on her mother. Because I really do think, like, they, they really, there's not a lot of sympathy with her character. I just thought the mom, the mom the whole time, because, like, that's all, that's, even when, you know, the, the the grandma was being awful, to me it was like the mother has spent the kids' entire lives being their mother, and then all of a sudden she just has, like, this crazy switch of character, whereas the grandma has been a, a bitch the whole time. Like, she's been very consistent. Yeah, that's, 
that was what I was just like, oh god, you're like the worst mom ever. Like you suck. Like, there are, there are moments where I was like, oh, is she going to warm up to them? Like, she kind of does, like, even though she's, like, gives them those, like, cookies that are going to kill them because they're laced with arsenic, she does also say, don't eat those cookies, they're bad for you. So I think the true, like, while she's, pre- like, portrayed as the villain, I really think that, like, Corinne, their mother, is, like, absolutely the true villain, especially... In the second one, more than... It's, like, so hard for me because I don't know who's worse. Like, I don't know if, like, Victoria Tennant's character or Heather Graham is just, like, worse of a person because they do feel different. One thing I think that I would be very interested in is to see... Yeah, to see the um, the mother... I would like to see, like, a version of Flowers in the Attic. Right, that, like is from the mother's perspective because like you see it only through the kid's eyes so you don't know what she's going through you don't know and like I really I mean I don't know if that there is a way to make her sympathetic but like maybe seeing her kind of caving to these pressures I think would be very interesting you know because I feel like there is something about when you talk about evil and like when when you know, how evil influences and corrupts you. Because, like, what if she did go in with, like, all of the intention of trying to save her children? But, you know, now all of a sudden she's living the la- this life of love- luxury. And, you know, and now her, like, parents seem to love her again. And, like, now her life is so easy. And, like, I, you know... How do you not begin to, like, resent your children? Even though, of course, they're your kids. You're supposed to love them. But also, like, when shit gets hard, it's sometimes hard to love other people. So, you know, it's very interesting that that, that that's a thing that we don't really get to see her go through, you know? It felt kind of left fieldy at the same time, though, because it's like she just turned like because she seemed like this. So it was like, was she just content with being this mother in this world with where like it's her, her four children, and her husband, uncle, like her uncle, or is it like her? Yeah, yeah, her. Oh god. <laughs> so like, yeah, is she okay with like having these children in this world, and then she gets to the world where? She can have, like, this new husband, all of this money, but, you know, I just have to, like, arsenic poison my children, you know? (laughs) But it's also, like, evil behavior that gets taken a step further. Like, okay, so she's evil. She, like, tries to poison her kids. Like, one kid dies. She marries another man. She hides him in the attic. But then it's, like, she continues the game longer than she needs to, which is really what makes her abhorrent, right? Like, the dad dies, like, from and is dead for months before the kids find out that, like, there was no reason for them to be kept in this room. So, like, the mom could have just been like, yo, uh, peace out. Like, I have my money. You can go live your life. And we as an audience would have been like, that's shitty, but whatever. And then because we find out that the dad has been dead for X amount of months, we're like, oh, what the hell? Like, <laughs> could have, like, at least let them run around a little bit. Like... If you really, like, wanted to look at the minute, like, if I had to write, like, a college essay about this movie, I bet you could, like, pull out all these, like, little things about, okay, well, if the dad hadn't died at the beginning of the film, 
then would they have just continued on living this like life of like ignorance is bliss and is it is it commentary on like people who have like inherent evilness in them that isn't activated until they're put in a specific situation but that's also like that's like really reading into a lifetime movie so one of the things though that they changed because like I said, there were um, seven books. So in the 1980s uh, movie, towards the end, when they're like, you know, trying to escape and like they're getting out um, in the book. And I think they do it in the 2014 version as well. Like they they just escape. They don't have any sort of um, altercation with the mother that much. And But in the 80s version of the movie... They, um, they, like, crush this wedding, and, like, the mother's, like, you know, like, oh, I don't know who these kids are, I don't know this, I don't know that, and then, you know, there's this, just, like, there's this very dramatic thing where <laughs> she ends up, you know, falling over the railing and, and, and dies, and that actually, like, parts of that are taken from the second book, because in the second book, you know, it's all about Kathy trying to, like, plot her revenge um, on her mother. Like, that's that's what she, like, that's her main goal or motivation in the second book. And, you know, it's all this. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, they probably weren't planning on making a sequel. So they were, like, trying to, like, make the first movie as, like, self-contained as possible. One of the things, too, that I, I mean, it's so... It's so cool that, like, the people they got playing the grandmas are just, like, these amazing actresses. Like, these women definitely have the ability to just scare the shit out of you. Yeah, I I personally liked the 2014 a little more, and I think I only liked it more because we just got way more character development. I felt like Louise Fletcher was so underutilized being an Academy Award-winning actress. Like, she's just kind of there to look like a bitch and say a couple of words. But whereas I felt that Ellen Burstyn, like, had a fully formed, like, character, and I think that's maybe why I sort of gravitated, and especially with Kathy, I felt like Kathy... Well, one, Karen and Shipka is, like, a better actress than Christy Swanson. <laughs> but, um... So, outside of that, just Kathy's written better in the second one to me. I feel like she's way more resourceful. She is, strong, like, a much stronger female character. So, I think that's why I... And it didn't feel that it was, like... The first one almost felt kind of campy in a weird... In, in a weird way. Like, when the mom dies by weird hanging of, like by her wedding dress i was like what is this that i'm watching and with the way she like goes over the railing it's like yeah i mean i would say that i think i think the acting is really good in the uh actually in the lifetime version because i mean you know you have um you know kiernan shipka the girl from mad men you know she's really compelling She's cool, and, like, she has good chemistry with the kid who plays her brother. And, you know, I guess in this, you know, in this scenario, you need to have good chemistry with your brother. Um, but I don't know. There's something that just falls kind of flat for me in the 2014 version, and I don't know if it's just because maybe it's just told in a very straightforward way, which I guess I just don't really like. 
I mean, again, like the Ellen Burstyn is like one of my favorite actresses. She's infinitely watchable. She's like, I mean, you know, the um, there's so many movies of hers that I've loved. And I think she's great. But I also think, you know, the grandma in the 1980s version, like she, for some reason, is so, so scary to me. And, you know, I... I don't know. Like, I go back and forth because I feel like both movies have merit. But I think what would be the best thing would be if, like, if a studio, like, a studio now came in and remade this movie. Like, just do it with all the bells and whistles. Like, (laughs) just make it. Because, like, even, like, the 2014 version, even though it's more faithful, like, it does kind of play still like a TV movie. Which, again, like, I love TV movies, don't get me wrong, but, like, I still feel like I haven't seen the definitive film adaptation of Flowers in the Attic. Oh, yeah. Well, I just liked the the campiness of it in that, like, the grandma had more of, like, she had more um, motivation to, like, be such a bitch. To me, like, the, the religious fervor was, like, more present in my... Like, that's, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Except, like, in the 2014 version, she's just, like, really claustrophobic. (laughs) I was like, that's no reason to be an awful grandma. The claustrophobia, like, didn't come in until the end. So I felt like it could should have been, like, sprinkled in in order for us to have been, oh, this moment is, like, really terrifying for her. Like, she could be stuck in this attic, and this is her personal hell. Whereas, like, yeah, we understood that, but it should have been sprinkled in a little more, I felt. Well, let's, um, let's talk about that one scene. Um, see, in the, again, so, all right, let's just recap here. In the 80s version... There's like really no in, there's no incest with between the bro- two brother the brother and sister. In the 2014 version, there's incest aplenty. There's there's enough for everyone to go around basically. But um there's one thing um in the 2014 version, they do actually have sex and um it's actually a very different scenario in the book and in the book it's a scene that infuriates me it makes me so goddamn angry because um basically you know they um the two kids you know they have this like weird relationship and at this point like it's just them it's really you know you when you break it down you do realize it's just that it's like this this 12 year old girl this 13 year old boy they're both like going through puberty and it's like this weird thing because if they were out and about and not having to be stuck in such close quarters together, they would be able to, like, figure out what's going on with their bodies without having to, like, have it be each other, you know? But um, in the book, uh, Christopher, like, sees um, Kathy, like, spying on this guy, like, the the, um, fiancé of the mother, And he gets, like, it's just this jealous rage. And he, like, kind of, like, roughs her up. And then he just flat out rapes her. Yeah. It's really fucked up. And 
what even like I remember I um I reread it like probably five or six years ago and like I think when I was a kid I didn't really understand you know obviously you don't understand the mechanics of like what's going on and like I remember reading that scene and not really understanding but then now of course reading it you know and knowing what like what that scenario is it was enraging (laughs) and then the thing is what happens is afterwards he is like he's like torn with remorse he's you know he's so sad and he's so you know he's so hurt by like what he has done to her and there's like a part part where like at a certain point she is the one comforting him even though he raped her and then there is this she says this thing and whenever I think about it I like my blood boils but basically she's like trying to comfort him and she was like no no see like it's not your fault if I you know if I really wanted to stop you I would have and it's just like oh my god like just thinking about that like I like I see red because I mean it's just such a terrible thing and I can kind of understand why Lifetime just did not want to touch that was just like we don't we don't know how to make that better. We don't know. Let's just make it. It's going to be just a consensual sex scene. And uh, that'll be a, a better pill to swallow. Yeah. We get that. We get, like, his jealous rage. But it then turns into, like, them consensually sleeping with each other. Which is, like, it's interesting that, like, Lifetime has, like, t- done rape plenty of times in a lot of their content and they went there with like all the incest so I was kind of surprised that they were like we're gonna go pretty hard with the incest but we're just gonna like not have her him rape her which I was just like interesting all right Bailey what would you say is your batshit moment for both movies it was a lot of really weird moments I think in the first one that it just like was like less batshitty and more just like ripped my heart out because in the first one before they escape from you know this this manner they they're they find out their mother's getting married and they like are like we're just gonna crash this freaking wedding we're coming out from the freaking attic so they go down there and they're like she pretends like she doesn't know them she's like i don't know who these children are this is some cruel joke and they're all like mom it's your son chris It's your daughter, Kathy. You already killed your other son. She's like, I don't know who these kids are. And I was like, this is just, like, so awful. That's why I just don't know which mom was awful, like, in the 87 version or the 2014. They're both awful, but, like, which one's worse? And Izzy, what would you say your batshit move, like, moment is for both movies? Um, yeah, I'll just go with, like, gut gut instinct, I guess. Uh, The first one... The batshit moment for me would probably be the hanging at the ending because it, it was it was just so like quintessential eighties movie to me like to just like toss a doll off like the balcony of something you know just like eighties graphics or like stunts are so jarring because they're like they don't like abide by regular physics because it's just like whatever they could get their hands on um, and. Um, and the bashing moment in the 20, 
14 version. Um, I'd probably just say, like, the regular incest. Really just batshit for me. <laughs> so I guess I would say my batshit moment would be, in the first movie, I would say it's when, um, basically when the mom reveals that she's, like, been bullwhipped for her sins. Because, like, there's something about that that's just so fucking weird and like it really sets the tone for like what this movie might be because like there is such an oppressive religious vibe and I guess as someone who like grew up in a very very religious um in a very religious household like I recognize that (laughs) in like a weird sort of way um yeah because it's just like um (laughs) you're just like dude what like, what? why did you come back here? Like, why? Like, there's got to be something. You you have to, like, have thought of something else. Come on. Um, and then I think for the second movie, it's kind of a tie between when she, um, when Kiernan Shipka, uh, Kathy, the, uh, that character, when she wakes up and has all of the tar in her hair. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, that was so awful. They were like, if you're not going to sacrifice... Because in the first one, she just straight up cuts, like, Christy Swanson's hair. And in this one, like, they're like, we're not cutting her hair. Like, fuck you. And then she leaves them food. And it's like, well, if you eat this food, I'm going to put tar in your hair while you sleep. (laughs) But then, of course, like, the thing was, though, in in the 87 version, like, Christy Swanson's hair looked awful and somehow in like the second one they're able to like fix it that Kiernan Shipka just has shorter hair like it looks completely fine it's just short and I was just like oh it should look like in every which way botched like she should be bald in some spots but no it's just like it's flipped slid like for okay your hair shorter fuck you (laughs) like this isn't traumatizing meanwhile no one's mentioning how like how does the claustrophobic like, agoraphobic grandma get a hold of tar. Like, is that just lying around her house somewhere? Who is tar just, like, sitting in their house? Who knows? That is a weirdly big mansion. Like, there's just, like, buckets of tar outside. And she's like, oh. But I just love when they wake up and he's like, I think this is tar. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it definitely is. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, he just has a secret talent for hairdressing. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. I mean, that and then just, like, the fact that they just, like, went full out with the incest, I think, like, really, really did it for me. <laughs> like, all of that was just, like, super bad shit. Because, honestly, I will say, like, when I first saw the, um, the the Flowers in the Attic, the 2014 version, uh, even though they said that they were going to be more faithful to the um, to the book, I certainly didn't think that Kathy and Chris were actually going to have sex. Like, did not, did not, in a million years would not have guessed that. Okay, so Bailey, where would you say that you put these on the garbage meter? I don't know. I feel like, are they both kind of garbagey? Like, I don't know. Maybe, like, I know you guys liked the first one more, but I'm like, is the first one kind of hot garbage? And is the second, like, because I just, I, I can't put either, because I don't enjoy, I didn't enjoy either one of them to put them, like, more towards sweet. But, so I don't know. I'd say maybe, like, for me at least, maybe hot garbage for 87 and maybe just garbage for, you know, 2014, but... 
Feel free to debate me. <laughs> See, I'm going to have to say that I, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to say Sweet Garbage for the original 1987 version because, I mean, listen, it is, it's trash. It's so trashy, but like, there's something about it that I just really love. Like, I love spooky houses. I've said this already. I love spooky houses. I like crazy grandmas. I like I like what feels like oppressive, like religious stuff. Like all of that, all of that stuff hits my like checklist of like, you know, bad horror movies. Because I mean, I love I love all horror movies, but I feel that way like even with bad horror movies, like if they if they're fun like that, um, <laughs> like I really like I really appreciate it. So I would say I would go sweet garbage with the um uh 1987 version and then I'm going to go with just garbage for the 2014 one because I do think it's competently made. I think it's I think it's well acted, but like I didn't really have a good time watching it. Like I was kind of I found it kind of boring. Like it felt like all of the right parts were there, but like it didn't it didn't come together the way I wanted it to. Izzy, what do you think? What would you say your meter is? I put them both in just regular garbage because I'll just like be the in-between. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this week's uh, episode. Um, Izzy, is there anything like that you specifically want to promote with your band or you know, anything like that, like where or what they should be following. We said a little bit at the beginning, but like maybe if you want to just give a quick, you know, tell them where they need to like find you or whatever. Um, we have a few uh, videos coming out soon um, and we're currently working on our second album. So just uh, follow us on official Jane Doe on Instagram and uh, you can keep up to date that way. Thank you for having me on. Okay, great. Thanks. Bye, guys. See you next week. Sweet, sweet garbage, baby. Sweet, sweet garbage.